It's December 21st, 2016. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and startup scene. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We'll kick off today's show with a couple of upcoming events. Anna Leonid starts things off with a new Creative Coding for Kids holiday camp in Hawaii. Then Sandy Park from HTDC will call in to tell us about the upcoming annual Holiday Tech Job Fair. We'll then switch gears to talk with David Oyatomori from Bank of Hawaii to tell us about their mobile banking app. And then after the break, we'll dive into our geeky gift bag with a couple of fellow gadget geeks, and we'll talk to Ricky Lee and Brian Dote, and we'll talk about their favorite tech gifts for the last-minute holiday shoppers. In fact, we have a last-minute uh, j- uh, addition to our gadget That's geek right. panel, but you'll need to stay tuned to, to find, find out. out who he is. <laughs> if you have a geeky wish that you want Santa to fulfill, you can join in the conversation by calling in or sending us a tweet after the break. Well, first, we want to welcome uh, Anna Leonid from Creative Coding for Kids to tell us about an upcoming event over at the Box Jelly. Welcome to the show, Anna. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So what is this? uh, Now, you know, we've been hearing about a lot of uh, emphasis on getting kids to to code. And, you know, I think earlier this month there was the Hour of Code, Mm -hmm. which, you know, some of the teachers were out there, you know, trying to... um, understand like what is involved with actually getting kids to to actual code you know getting involved with coding so tell us a little bit about your program oh uh well thank you uh so we we specialize in teaching grade school age kids uh how to program computers by helping them write their own video games in this program called scratch scratch yes Uh yeah yeah it's that program you're familiar with it um it's one of the more popular ways Mm -hmm. to uh to because it's easier to understand. It gets you into the concepts of computer programming. Yeah, it's great. And it takes away all the syntax, so kids don't even need to worry about typing command line. They just get to worry about the logical thinking, the steps about what comes first, what comes second. Um, but the way that we teach, uh, we we let the own, the kids' own ideas fuel their motivation for what they make. So it's not like top-down learning where we give them a project and they copy it. We ask them what they want to build, and then we help them build that. Uh, because I think no assignment that we could come up with could be as exciting than their own ideas. Um, and it's tricky to teach this way, which is why we keep our class sizes really, really small um, and our teacher-student ratio really small as well um, so that we can approach their individualized learning. Um, and it's awesome. It's a total party, too. Um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about Creative Coding. Is that an organization? What part do you play? Is it something that is nationwide? Uh, it's not. It's a company based in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've worked for them for about the last three years, and I've done just about every job <laughs> under there, uh, and like including training and hiring and teaching and all that. And uh, when I moved out to Oahu, I, we decided to start our classes up here. Oh, good. And so, what are you? You're trying to um, get some teachers to to participate. I mean, this class that's going to happen over at Box Jelly. What are you trying mm-hmm. to do? Get uh, get more teachers involved or get students involved? What? Ideally, more students uh-huh. involved. Uh, so the way that it works at Box Jelly next week is we have four days uh, the week after Christmas, so 26, 27, 28, and 30th. Um, and each class is its own unique day, uh, and we have a unique theme for each class. Um, and it's eight hours. It's 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day. Uh, and we make sure to take a lot of breaks to go outside because they're kids uh, and they need time away from the screen. Um, yeah, but and, it's, and you're actually having one going on right now, right? You're in the middle of one right now. Mm-mm, not oh, right okay, now. Okay, so uh, not thought, this week. Next week is going to okay. be the first, see, the start of it. And we also have week, uh, a week-long camp that's structured differently in Kailua the week of January. Ah, okay. Um, and it's week-long, Monday through Friday in the morning. And it's awesome because the kids come back the very next day and they remember everything that they learned. Uh, they grow so much in that one week. So this is the inaugural event for Honolulu? 
Uh, we've actually been here since August. Oh, we okay, started okay. with our summer camps, and they really took off. Parents loved it. And then so they asked if we could teach an after-school class. Um, found a couple spaces. We teach in town and in Kailua. Um, so and what then brought, this is our uh, first holiday camp. That, that's true. So uh, what was it that brought uh, Creative Coding for Kids to Honolulu? Or is it that you are here, that Creative uh, um, Coding it's a, for It's kids? a little bit of both. I see. Uh, well, I moved here for my health, uh, but I also really, really love teaching programming. And I love teaching kids. Um, and I know that there's this huge uh, emergent tech scene uh, in Hawaii right now uh, with the HTDC's 8080 initiative and all that, and we really just mm-hmm. want to be a part of it. Well, we've been watching this emerging tech scene for, for a like long the last time. 30 years. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, after this event, we'll, we'll repeat the details for those who are interested, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see as the vision for Creative Coding for Kids in Honolulu? And it, will it mm-hmm. be these sort of neighborhood, sort of community-driven events, or are you moving into schools and partnering with, say, charter schools? That That is our ultimate goal, um, is to is to teach as many kids as we possibly can uh, the joy of programming, um, whether that be an after-school program, which is my goal, um, mm-hmm. uh, or, or hosted at a church, or like the way Creative Coding started, which was a custom camp built for a, a Girl Scout troop. Hmm. Um, yeah, we just want to teach as, as many kids as we can. So um, when a kid goes through the week-long, let's say, session, mm-hmm. what is it that they walk away with, and how is it that they potentially could keep their skills honed once they go back into school? Totally. Um, so that is sort of speaks to how we teach. We don't teach kids... Um, we teach kids how to teach themselves uh, by walking them through the creative process feature by feature. So the goal is to sort of foster a love of, of programming, to give them a really solid foundation, because many of these kids have never programmed before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the goal is to just light that fire, mm-hmm. that creative spark, so that when they go home, they have some tools under their belt so that they can continue to program on their own. Um, and Scratch is, has a really great online community, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can continue that work? Yeah, that's so the hope. I, I think this is a great program. Of course, uh, a lot of students are out of school over the holiday break, so I like the idea of a holiday coding camp, mm-hmm. and this sort of spans those dates. Again, you mentioned it was next week, um, but if somebody was interested in enrolling their child, uh, well, uh, how do they do that, and oh, how does yeah. that work? All information can be found on our website at uh, creativecoding.com, uh, including these holiday camps, our classes for next year, and summer camps for this coming summer will be posted on our website. Okay, really so creativecoding.com, and mm-hmm. that, that'll show the Hawaii events coming up. Mm-hmm, Very good. Okay, well, we will put that up on our show notes. Thank Thanks, you, Adam, Adam, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And now we want to welcome Sandy Park, who's calling in. She's with HTDC, the High Tech Development Corporation. And of course, every year they do the holiday tech job fair. And Sandy, we want to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, happy holidays. Aloha, Sandy. We're sorry we can't have you in the studio. We know that Santa and her elves are very, very busy this week leading up to this event. So we love to feature this. And in fact, my own company my, uh, and myself, we come every year as well. And I think that it's an important event. Uh, but for those who somehow have missed the last few uh, annual holiday tech job fairs, um, what is the grand idea for this event? The event is to showcase the tech and innovation industry here in Hawaii and and to bring our local talent home so they can see what's going on in the industry, to match up state of Hawaii companies with local talent. So, Sandy, what the, can you give us some, um, some clues as to who might be manning their booths over at the tech fair? Oh, we've got a great bunch of uh, companies. Some are, of course, the innovation sector, and we do have a few that are traditional companies. So this year, for the first time, we have American Savings Bank. 
We also have Booz Allen Hamilton, Navitech, the EK group of companies. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, of course, Oceanet, who is a great uh, employer for our tech and local kids and, their, and, the, and our, you know, talented kids. Um, Sanjolay, eWorlds.com, Decision Research, High Tech Support, Hawaii Pacific Health, Revacom. We have a, a great, and we also have the FBI and the NSA coming, so... Yeah, they're they're always recruiting. There, I mean, there's going to be a big kind of cybersecurity sector, I think, growing uh, in in Hawaii. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell us, um, you also have some other services that you provide during the uh, tech fair. I know there are like maybe uh, resume reviews and maybe some profile picture taking and things like that. Exactly right. We do have a photographer who will be there to take headshot photos, and you know, I'm very very grateful for these HR professionals who are volunteering their time to review resumes with the attendees. It's gotten to be a very popular feature. Um, you know, we usually say two hours max for the HR professionals to give them their time, but what we've noticed is that they're there for the whole event. People are just waiting in line. And I think that it's a, it's an important service in, in, a, in a couple of senses. One, I've noticed that at this event, you do have a lot of people who are uh, new to the job market, and they're probably not familiar with having to have a good headshot, and they shouldn't use, you know, something from their old sports days in high school as their headshot. Um, but, <laughs> that is and, true. <laughs> and they've never had a resume. I mean, they, they may assume that a LinkedIn profile or something is all that they need. But you also have a lot of people who are in the middle or at the later end of an existing, long-standing technology-related career, and even they, you know, don't have a fresh resume. It had never it had never been something that they would need after you know working in an industry for a long time. So either way to get a fresh pair of eyes, someone who's not your best friend who's going to think everything you put down is great, you know, someone who has, can give you an objective view of what your resume might look like to a, uh, uh, a prospective employer. I think that's a that's a great service. Right, and you know the the way resumes are done now are different. You know, it, it changes over the, the years, and to have these HR professionals actually give that kind of input, that I mean, that's very valuable. The, there's difference. Uh, you mean people produce different resumes? People are looking for different well, resumes. You know, no wonder I'm not never getting a job. And what <laughs> what um, the, the industry is what you should have up front in your resume, right, versus, right, right. You know, uh, in the middle of your resume. So. Just the formatting itself is a little different and, nowadays. Yes, and Bert, I'm sure that your job prospects are <laughs> your problems are only caused by that resume, and I'm sure that when you bring your resume to the job fair, they'll be, be able to sort that yeah, out. Yeah, it'll be a night like night and day. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it'll be like changing my career all of a sudden as a result of going to the tech fair. Now, Sandy, usually there's are uh, there's like maybe a few speakers that are featured. Maybe there's a keynote. I mean, are you are you having any of that plan for uh, this tech fair? Well, of course, you know, our executive director will be addressing the um, attendees. Robbie oh, Milton. Robbie Melton? Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, that's, and, that's um, in and of itself, you know, we, that's worth checking be, out. We may be even, you know, highlighting one or two companies to just get up and address in the audience and say what they're looking for. Very good. Okay, so, uh, I, I mean, and the other thing that's kind of interesting is that you are actually reaching out to some of the folks coming home from school, right? I mean, are there any particular ways that you're addressing that, that audience? Uh, Kamaina Careers is, has been a partner over the years, and um, John Sakurai Horita, who is actually retiring very shortly, he has access to a lot of the Hawaii clubs. Okay, and okay, very he good. He has been a, a great help in getting the word out. 
But besides that, I've also reached out to alumni organizations such as the UH alumni, the Kamehameha Schools alumni, Iolani's alumni, uh, Punahou alumni, as well as um, some organizations and Hawaii social clubs that are scattered throughout the United States. That's excellent because, you know, certainly just in the time we've run the show, the size of the tech community and those opportunities has grown significantly. When people come home for the holidays, they might be like, oh, I'm going back home to Hawaii. I love the poi and the poke, but too bad there's no tech jobs for me there. But I think that that's changing. Um, One last thing. The event is also being combined with your other regular event called Wetware Wednesday, Developers uh, Mixer. And so what I'm wondering, and the most important question to many people in the tech industry is, is there food at this event? <laughs> there will be food. All right. <laughs> well, you can always count on HTDC to provide good some spread. munchies. <laughs> so that starts at 6. Okay. Uh, the event itself, uh, doors open at 5. Resume vows start prior to that. People can come early and get down and get their resume evaluations while they're waiting for the doors to open at 5. So, yeah, it's going to be a full um, evening, late afternoon and evening of Exciting stuff. Now, okay, if, you were, so, if you were a company looking to pick up some tech talent, is there still space or are you booked solid in terms of exhibitors? Well, there? No, there's always space open for anybody who'd like to exhibit and be a part of this event. Fantastic. Very good. So, Sandy, where can somebody go to find out more information? To our website, www.htdc.org. And this event is next Wednesday. So right after Bite Marks Cafe. So you have to exactly. listen to the show and then go Yeah, don't there. go until you've yeah. listened to our show. Right. But yes, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Annie, for joining us. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. And, of course, finally, we have David Oyadamori from Omari from uh, Bank of Hawaii. And he's here to tell us about an interesting mobile app that the bank has rolled out and David, I'll leave it to you to tell us more about it. All right. <clears throat> Thanks, Bert. So Bank of Hawaii is really excited because we are the first financial institution, uh, I think among the first in the country, to introduce what we call cardless cash. Uh, cardless cash. Cardless, cardless cash. cash. Okay, so I don't have to carry my some ATM card or something around with me anymore? Exactly. So we know we're, we're in a mobile world, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is we're allowing people to leave their ATM or debit card at home Instead, what they're going to use is their Bank of Hawaii mobile app. They're going to pre-stage an ATM transaction right there in their mobile app. They're going to walk up to any of our uh, Bank of Hawaii ATMs, push a button, QR code pops up. They scan it with their phone. The cash will come straight out. They don't have to use the card. Uh, they don't have to put in the PIN. It's all authenticated through their mobile app, and uh, comes. it's pretty quick. So, of course, the question that would come to a lot of people, particularly those who are skeptical of new technology, is, I mean, where is the security in this? If I uh, stole Bert's phone, as I frequently do— I was do, just thinking about stealing your <laughs> phone. Oh, okay. And getting access to and that so bank I, Hawaii app. I go to— uh, an a- to an ATM and I say, hi, I'm Bert. Or, I mean, I bring up, let's say I bring up the Bank of Hawaii app on Bert's phone. Right. What will stop me from just scanning that QR code and getting Bert's money? Right. So uh, the, the Bank, of Mo- Bank of Hawaii mobile app is also, uh, it requires authentication to get into the app itself. So the authentication would be things like Touch ID, uh, if you have a, oh, okay, example, an okay. iPhone. Uh, it's also, you could also choose passcode. So you can put a four-digit passcode instead if you wanted to. Or if you wanted to just use the good old-fashioned username and password, that's also an option for you as well. So you authenticate in the app. The app yes. says, okay, now I know I am talking to Bert. And then the QR code tells the ATM that this is Bert. Yeah. So the QR, <laughs> the QR code comes up on the ATM. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And when we scan it, it's basically telling the, uh, the network that you or Bert is right in front of this particular ATM. 
and then the shutter will open and the cash will come straight out. So, so like, well, unlike other applications, whether you're bringing up your Twitter account, or your Instagram account, or your Snapchat account, which already has your preloaded authentication inside the app, it will actually want to have you authenticate again. Absolutely. If, you know, after you bring it up, so it doesn't. It's not like you load in your password originally, right. and when you bring up the the application. It already has it. It's in not there. saved. It, it's not saved. It's not it, it saved. Has, you have to re reauthenticate. You have to reauthenticate to open the Bank of Hawaii app. So oh, okay. you 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 open the app and then it'll tell you, you put your uh, thumbprint on it and then it'll open the app automatically mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Or you can put a four digit passcode or you could type in the username and password. Oh, then you're cool. in. That's how we authenticate. Well, you, you know, I, I think that's that's fascinating in a sense because certainly uh, you, when you're talking about different factors, having the card is one factor and knowing the PIN is another factor. Right. But it's so easily compromised in the sense that, well, at least in my experience, people use the same four-digit number for every possible four-digit number in their life, and then you just need access to the card. What I like about this is that if you have those advanced features on your phone, whether it's an Android, I would imagine, works on Android and iOS, where you need something biometric like a fingerprint or Mm -hmm. even an eye scanner, which some phones have, and you say, that's the authentication I insist to use to use this feature, it's actually more secure than the old-fashioned Yeah, we we think this is actually safer. Uh, So, for example, in the industry today, uh, primarily so far on on the mainland, knock on wood, and other parts of the world, there's skimming that happens at the ATMs. This is where they put a device they have a little camera that mm-hmm. captures you putting in your pin for your card. In this can, in this scenario, you don't even do that. You don't enter the pin and you don't even touch the machine to put in your pin at all. It's already authenticated all in the background. It's encrypted in the background. So we we tell people this is actually we think safer. We think it's faster. So instead of a typical ATM withdrawal transaction taking 45 seconds, this takes 15 seconds or less. Provided you have the app ready to go when you step up. Absolutely, right. Now, when you go to the ATM machine, obviously the ATM has to have a piece of this code already built into it. So mm-hmm. typically when you go to ATMs and the you know the convenience of ATMs is that you could go to an ATM anywhere, right? You could go to one in Foodland, you could go to one in Longs. Right. What about those ATMs? Are, are, are they supportive of the, the cardless cash not, system? Not yet, but we like to think that this is the beginning, this is the future. So, okay, so, we, so we like to hope that other ATM providers would do the same thing and go cardless Certainly cash. because you don't manufacture the machines, right. but I know the one that we just got it by my office at Dole Cannery. I just saw this like last week, like what is this extra uh, feature? But unfortunately, I am not yet a Bank of Hawaii customer. I've got an application for you right here, Ryan. (laughs) I'll fill it out right now. Um, So, David, the ATMs that you're referring to are primarily just uh, located at the bank. They're Bank of Hawaii ATMs, uh, all of our branches right now, um, but it's also covering over 60% of our network today. So Mm -hmm. all the what we call off-prem or non-branch ATMs, as we roll out the new uh, ATMs and software, this will be automatically enabled in them. Uh, we're also working with other partners on the mainland to, uh, as they have their own um, carless cash-enabled ATMs, to allow our customers to use their ATMs mm. as well. So we're, it's, we're thinking broader. Uh, we just think it's all part of the mobile world, right? This is where people are going to go. They're going to leave their cards at home, and uh, they're going to go all mobile. Well, so, this is this is great. Yeah. I, I did want to say that I enjoy some of the fun things you're doing. A friend of mine also works at uh, Bank of Hawaii, Mark. And, you know, before there was the call me emoji, otherwise known as the shaka emoji, there was the Bank of Hawaii Hawaii emoji app or sticker app. So I think you guys are having a lot of fun with technology. So, David, tell us right. a little bit about what went on in that back office that's, that when you folks all decided – 
hey, we got to try this app because, mm-hmm. n- you know, nobody else is doing it. But what is, so what was the decision? I mean, was there a lot of uh, opportunity that you saw that you could fulfill with this uh, capability? Yeah, I think that's a good question. We, the way we look at it is, when first step we said is the world's going to go mobile. And how can we advance and accelerate that? Uh, so we introduced, for example, one of the first introduced Apple Pay, uh, the mobile wallet mm-hmm, here in the islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Android Pay, Samsung Pay came up in, uh, I think it was July of this year. Uh, and so this was just a natural extension to us of continuing to move away from the plastic card and going completely mobile. Uh, well, that's where the world's going. That's how we see good, it. Very good, very good. I'm thinking. I think that's you know enough for us to want to go out and try it. Yeah, maybe you can make us an account that has money in it that we could just sort of test <laughs> it. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> well, thank you, David, Thanks, very David. much. For Thanks, guys. Us. Well, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Ricky Lee and Brian Dote, and we'll dig into what their gadget picks are for 2016. And yes, a special surprise guest who happened to basically follow Ricky to the studio. What new tech do you need to get to welcome in 2017? Of course, we'd love your questions. If you've got a shopping question, a gadget for that geek in your life, we're happy to answer. That number is 941-3689 or toll-free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. And of course, we're monitoring Twitter, you can tweet us your questions at Bite Marks or at Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Depending on how you look at it, Hawaii is either connected or divided by water. Whatever you call it, on Town Square, we get together each week to take on the issues that affect our island lives. We talk with the people making the news, or about to, within Hawaii or elsewhere. And always, the discussion includes your calls. Join us Thursdays at 5 on Town Square. Hi, my name is Ruth Fletcher, head of school at St. Andrews Schools. We are happy to be underwriters of HPR. The unique programs produced locally and nationally connect Hawaii to important world issues. At St. Andrews Schools, as we educate and prepare our students for a changing world, we look to HPR to help us understand the impact of these world issues on our own lives and the lives of our students. Hawaii Public Radio Underwriting. Your message heard here. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Kaiser Permanente and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And joining us today are our favorite gadget geeks. We've got Ricky Lee and Brian Dote. And, of course, we've got a special guest, but his name will remain secret for the moment. Ricky, of course, is a social media professional and photographer, and he uh, also is into gadgets since his first one, which was the Apple II. Brian, meanwhile, is the chief innovation officer at Mid-Pacific Institute. He's on the leading edge of leading edge of technology and education he is preparing our kids and his kids for the future. Now, Ryan, yes, who is this special guest that we pulled off the street? Well, one of the very first early guests of our predecessor's show, Think Tech Hawaii, and mm-hmm. now, of course, a good personal friend of ours, someone we've admired for years and have begged and pleaded to bring him into the studio and hear his voice once again over the years. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my distinct pleasure to also welcome to our Gadget Geek Roundtable, the great Eric Nakagawa. Now, if people don't already know of his fame and fortune, it was because of something that he created way in the early days of the Internet, something called I Can Has Cheeseburger. That's right. 
So if now, now cats on the internet, yes, and yes. everyone knows now at this point that the internet is run by cats. Um, one of the people, one of the people who helped make that a, thing a reality is yes. Eric. But first, let's welcome our panel, gentlemen. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you for having us. Very much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, very excited. Now, Fantastic. You know, we, well, of course, we want to open this up to callers that are interested in sharing their gadget picks as well. And they can call 941-3689 on Oahu or 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Now, how do we start into 2016 talking about gadgets? Where well, do we start? Before the break, we talked to uh, Anna, who told us about her event, Creative Coding for Kids. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we've certainly focused a lot about ways that you can bring technology into education to both further education, but certainly increase their literacy in technology. And maybe we will start with Brian, a father, a very proud father, but also, of course, involved in education at Mid-Pacific Institute. What toys, gadgets, tools do you see or you, in fact, use that you would recommend for someone who says, oh, you know, my kid's kind of geeky and I want to encourage that. What do I get for Christmas? So I think what um, you need to do with kids that are really interested in technology is you need to find what I'll call the hook. And, and the hook is something in the toy or the gadget that is very engaging for the student or the child. And um, maybe for me and my, my children, it's really usually about the robotics, things that move and do stuff. I mean, write, writing code, writing software in a MacBook Pro is, is not fun for them, but making a robot move or making LEDs light up or making it do things that you wanted to do that it wasn't designed to do. Now, mm-hmm. that's really cool and compelling. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is important with toys, these uh, toys, modern toys, is the ability to take something that does A, B, and C, yet is open-ended and children can make it do D, E, and F. Hmm. So do you have a specific yeah. example, something that you've played with So yourself? this morning I just bought a, a, a robotic car that I'm going to use to teach coding to the kids. Um, and what I like about this particular robotic car, you guys may be familiar with it. It was brought in from Oceanet uh, through Ian Kitajima. But the, the car is a framework with an Arduino. And so the children, the kids, students, my kids can extend that framework to do anything Anything imaginable at that huh. point. It it connects with Bluetooth. It can connect to the Internet. It can read sensors in the environment. It has sensors on board, infrared, and um, distance sensors and other things. But now you've got this cool, compelling car, which is basically remote-controlled. Um, you can write custom software for it, and it can connect to other things. To me, the moment the toy can be aware of its surroundings, uh, maybe we can add Bluetooth sensors in our house. Maybe we can connect it to the Internet. So... It does things only on the weekends or, you know, <laughs> if the stock price goes down, it goes slower, you know, whatever it may be. But we can we can extend the platform to do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. What so is this? What is it called? Where would someone find uh, This one is called the Altino. I'm not sure Altino. if it's uh, openly available, but in South Korea, they have mandated by 2018 that all kids will take programming as part of their curriculum. And so the South Korean technology companies are racing to create engaging platforms for young students to learn coding. And this this is great. This is a, you know, my son will instantly gravitate towards a robotic car and will instantly gravitate away from something that feels cookie cutter, um, too much of a drag and drop situation. You know, he'll get bored of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but but a car, you know, a car that you can drive, a car that you can make do things, that's really fun for them. We'll put the link for that on our show notes at bitemarkscafe.org. I'm looking at the, the video now. Um, Ricky, you are, if anybody who follows you on Facebook knows, the world's greatest uncle. So you also think about ways to make kids squeal with delight, but also to stimulate their brains. Um, 
what have you seen or what what have you gotten for your niece, for example, to foster that geeky side? Well, for this Christmas, I got her that uh, Fisher-Price Caterpillar. I forget exactly what it's called. It's a Fisher-Price Caterpillar toy that teaches you programming by not exactly, you know, you don't have to go to a computer. You just stick these blue and red parts together and whatever those parts are coded to do, that Caterpillar will do. So... I found that was really interesting, but well, so, well this is for a very young child. For young childs, yeah. So, Ricky, I mean, mm. your your little niece, uh, what is it about her that has indicated that she's got some interest in you know this potential computational thinking, or is it something that you're projecting onto her? Fifty-fifty, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> she's, she, I mean, she's taken apart my stuff and then tried to put it back together again. With jam in it, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean it's aspirational. I, I I do want to play with that toy at some point, but she does like playing with uh, Duplo, the bigger Lego stuff, uh-huh. right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she builds. Right now, she's building things to trap her cat. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> As every child would. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's the Fisher-Price Code-A-Pillar. Yeah, Code-A-Pillar. That's it. Code-A-Pillar. I love that it. sounds I cool. It. All right, Eric, uh, proud dad. Um, I, I, my, my mind is tingling with the ideas that might come. Uh, what, what have you th- found that can foster this sort of uh, comfort with technology and computational thinking? So, so one thing that I, I found most interesting is one of my kids really loves the, the game's Minecraft. And I'm sure a lot of kids uh, love this, but they recently announced back in, I think, October that it was coming to Apple TV. And my kid keeps asking me every single day, is it available? Is it available? Is it available? (laughs) Um, We've bought the Realm package, so you can basically have a server that you can share. There's other ways to do it. Um, And we're getting to the point where we've built enough of a city together, you know, with him, my, my daughter, or me, and, you know, all of us working together, that we can finally invite people to come in. Um, and that's been the most exciting thing where uh, it's different from a physical thing, um, but kids watch other people, other kids build stuff. And if you can get them uh, to see other things and then figure out how to do it or maybe make their own kind of take on it. Um, I've been buying books for them. There's tons of books out there. Um, I just chose, you know, the, the most popular in terms of ratings and you go into the middle, you know, th- you know, three stars and review, you know, read those and see if it's good. And if it's good, then you buy it. Uh, and my kid basically takes these books, opens the pages, and emulates and copies these things into his world. Um, and that's what I'm so excited about. Mm-hmm. Now, Eric, I, I you know follow you on Snapchat, and I enjoy some of the ch- the, the, the snaps that you do. I'm curious because a lot of it is your kids, uh, you know, with their filters and and uh, stickers on there. What is their reaction to Snapchat and and this you know this this application that makes all these funny things happen to your face. Do they do they get intrigued by it or or what is it that uh, you know kind of turns them on about it? So uh, one thing I love about Snapchat is the filters they they lend themselves so well to kids faces, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. the voice changers are fun. Um we spend so much time. I spend so much time playing with them and just making funny videos and playing with our voices or kind of scaring them because there's some scary filters. Uh, we I save a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that videos comprise of more than half of my photo album nowadays. <laughs> it's a little scary, but I finally bought a computer where I don't actually have enough space to to hold the entire album. <laughs> I'm past that point. Um, but the thing that the kids love is 
it's me and them having spending time together. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's, it's someone had to hold that button. And it's my phone. So if it's on my phone, it's sp- time spent with, you know, dad. Right. And so I think that's mm-hmm. what they love the most. It's yeah. just interactive. And I see that with some of my friends and their kids. I mean, in the sense that they'll even talk about playing with Snapchat, but they don't post anything. It actually doesn't go anywhere. They don't share it with anybody. It's just fun to play with with your kids. So I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, um, whether for your kids or in your classrooms, um, when he mentioned Minecraft, I saw a knowing nod. But is there something in that space also that uh, has been sparking your curiosity? Well, I was uh, I had that knowing nod because this morning on the Apple TV, I saw it pop up. And uh, oh. I'm not sure if it's available. Eric, wait, no, Eric, no, sit down. Eric, Eric. <laughs> come back, Eric, come back. Um, and so it was one of the promo screens. So I'm not sure if it's out or not. Um, but I was going to ask, with the interaction with Minecraft, how is it played on the Apple TV? Is it played with the, the controller? Um, the touchpad. Which I have what? great difficulty playing <laughs> games with, to be honest. Or uh, do you guys con- or will you be able to connect like external controllers I'm not sure, but we well, I've already bought the game pads. Oh, so I have cool. the game pads ready to go. This has been the most requested thing. If you like Minecraft and you already bought into the Apple system, not all of us are, but if you are, I can't wait to, to spend awesome. time playing it. So mm-hmm. thanks for letting me know. No, yeah, I saw it this morning. Yeah. So. One more now thing, he's going to run out of here. One okay. more thing about Minecraft, and I was talking about uh, this with Ricky, but to br- to kind of bridge the gap between physical and like virtual, yeah. there's these things called little bits that oh. they have uh-huh. a kit. I love they have those. a kit for little little bits and Minecraft that allows you to basically create a switch in real life, trigger that switch to then open and close a door within the game. And to me, I'm excited about it. Like a lot of the things that we buy, for me, I'll speak for myself. A lot of the toys that I buy, it's basically me trying to get them into this kind of thing. (laughs) I'm like, maybe I'll hook one. If I get one out of three, that's good enough. So like any little thing, if I can get my daughter more interested in it, I'll be really excited. But that physical piece basically might be a good, you know, segue into robotics. Mm-hmm. So it's wait, wait, wait. Okay, so little bits. Are um, what is there a connection between little bits and Minecraft? No, right. I mean, it's, no, it's a, it's a, it's I know it's a, it's a standalone like a tinker toy kind of it's like uh, electronics. Yeah. Lego can, for electronics. Yeah. 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 Little bits yeah. is basically Arduino. So we talked about a lot of Arduino. Arduino is an open source platform right. for building hardware and software, and it's fun. I got to meet the Arduino guys. Really passionate very passionate story but these open source technologies have been incorporated into like products you can buy um, and little bits is similar to what uh, Ricky talked about in terms of like con- connecting this cat- you know programmable mm-hmm, c- caterpillar mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can connect all these little things together that does something mm-hmm. and in this case it creates an actual physical switch that then triggers via the internet a, a change on your server or on your Minecraft um, world I, I and it's a, like oh it's exciting I got uh-huh. a cool story about little bits if we have time sure, sure. Yeah. Um, our fifth graders have had a outdoor garden and um, the garden was frequently visited by cats mm-hmm. and so we <laughs> we uh, gave them little bits and what they tried to do was using the proximity sensor or the touch sensor to trigger a fan to try and scare away the cats because, um, you know, with the little bits, there's all of these parts that you can put together in different configurations. And so the students were putting together using little bits because they're too young to solder or too young to know about, you know, how to, how to get a fan to work off of a battery and created devices, these little miniature devices, which was really cool. So they, they got a proximity sensor, which was triggered by the cat coming within, let's say, a foot of the sensor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it would turn on a fan? It would trigger the fan. Now, why would they pick a fan and not a Foghorn. The, <laughs> well, there are neighbors. The, the, oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I live close to campus, so I wouldn't. Oh, want okay, that. okay. Um, 
Well, there's only, you know, depending on the kit that you purchase, there's only a certain amount of parts. Uh-huh. And, and the, there's a fan module, um, a slider switch to control the speed of the fan. And so we connected those together. That's a, very, that's a great little innovative idea about connecting different capabilities with the sensor and then triggering something and actually, you know, Try, trying to scare a cat away. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Ricky, one of the things that uh, you were telling me about, I mean, nowadays you get subscriptions for anything, razor blades, underwear, something of the month, cheese of the month, you can get it all. But is it, it's now possible that you can give as a gift to, some, to a child or someone with a child where they can get a little delightful thing in the mail regularly, correct? Yeah, the STEM boxes. Um, as you said, if you're familiar with those subscription boxes, there are at least two different services now that you can um, you know, pay 20 bucks a month and then for every... I ran out of words. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry. unlike you, Ricky. <laughs> yeah. No, so 20 bucks a month, you get some kind of science project for the month with... Um, Different things you can do with a project, kind of like how mm-hmm. the Lego has alternate builds. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's one of those type of concepts. Uh, the first one I think was a stem box, and then there was another one called Kiwi Crate that actually oh, has. Kiwi Crate uh, is awesome. Yeah, they also have an arts and craft version of the box too. Oh, okay. So, so is this something that uh, you would subscribe to? So maybe you know parents would subscribe to this. They every you know every month they get a, a new box in the mail and they can. Turn their kids on to some STEM toys. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. good, good idea. Good idea. Well, I know we could probably spend the whole show talking about things kids. for kids. We, yeah, yeah. What about <laughs> us adults? What about us grownups? What tech toys get us excited? Well, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, Ricky uh, turned us on to this uh, uh, DJI Mavic, and uh, we actually featured it on Hawaii News Now. And, of course, we, we actually, you know, people don't usually respond to us except for the fact that they always criticize our dancing. But... <laughs> You know what they Which did. Which is why we belong on the what, radio. Yeah, really. right. What they did was email me and say, "Hey, what was that? What was that drone that you guys were showing on this, on TV?" So tell us a little bit about this uh, Mavic. What makes it special? There yeah. are so many out there. So it's it looks like a toy, but it isn't a toy. It's a small foldable drone about the size of maybe a Coke can or a little larger Arizona iced tea can. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I think that's correct. yeah. Where. It fits in a backpack. You can take it wherever, but it's it's DJI, so it has all the sensors. The you know it won't crash into a wall. You can fly it real fast. Got the camera. You Got know. a camera. Four K camera, mm-hmm. and it fits in your backpack, so you can bring it wherever you want to. And wow. doesn't it have the uh, auto follow feature where you can choose a target and it follows follows that target in yes. in frame? Yes, it does. Yeah, I think that's so that's really cool. It has that. You can also program it to. Go to some point further out in the field and then come at you oh. so you can have a virtual camera person Absolutely. following you around. So no. the Mavic is one of the hottest gifts this year, and I think we're going to talk about a lot of those where everybody wants one. They're hard oh. to get, though. Is that still yeah. true? Oh, yes. It is so hot that every time I play with it, someone tries to buy it off me when I'm in the <laughs> field. <laughs> now, um, has the availability in, uh, gotten better, I guess, uh, closer we get to Christmas? I know when we first talked, it was really hard. I mean, I think you were you might have been the first one to get it on the island. You had to go through a third party. Yeah. Um, I think it's still hard to get. Last right, time right. I talked to uh, – well, I bought it for Drone Services Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And last time I talked to them, they said, I think that still out in February. If you ordered now, you would get one in February. That's oh, crazy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, um, speaking of toys that people are going mad trying to find, uh, Eric, I understand in addition to waiting for Minecraft or Apple TV to come out – there's uh, some things on your wish list as well. Yes. So, well, not on my wish list, but I have one. Wow. So Wait, I, that's even better. Okay. I was visiting uh, Sweden with my family. First time. 
little crazy, but I found out that a trip to Sweden is sometimes cheaper than going home. Wait, so, wait Sweden? That's, that's like in Europe, right? Yeah, up in Europe. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I was up in Europe with I my... I thought it was a state, you know, yeah. one of the 50 states. Very cold state. Um, <laughs> I was up in Sweden, and uh, my daughter said, I want that. I didn't know what that was, but I looked at it, and I said, no way, I'm not going to buy you a toy. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went back home, I realized that what she had wanted was this thing called a Hachimol. Ah, and, uh, and so, yes. And so uh, I immediately went back and realized, my, you know, I made an error and they were all gone. Oh, no. Wait, okay, wait, wait. All this is in, this is in, were gone. in Sweden. This is in Sweden. They were all gone. And so she saw it there. She wanted it because it was cute. Yeah. And I said no because that's my immediate reaction. You went generally. out. You went out. The dead. I, I left. And then, and it, and then I, I realized oh. that I had I'd made an error. The, all of them were gone. So I came back in the morning and we found some. And I bought a bunch for friends and family, and I still have one. But I found that from friends that this thing has gone sold out all over so Hawaii. Tell us a, what is describe, a Hachimo? Yeah, describe Sorry, this let me thing. explain what it is. Hachimo is a little robotic animal mm-hmm. that will hatch out of an egg. It takes about 30 minutes. And the way that this happens is similar to when you had a Tamagotchi. Mm-hmm. Like you had a Tamagotchi, you have to keep doing something. You have to keep shaking it, waking it up. You have to keep talking to it. You have to tap it. You have to keep it warm. You have to, like, message little things to it. And then, magically, around 30 minutes or so, it starts pecking out of this egg. It's a magical thing. <laughs> it's amazing to watch. Uh, once wow. that happens, you take it out, and it becomes a little thing that you can play with. You can talk to It communicates via different colors. Um, really cute. Unfortunately, they have been sold out all over, and so people that are buying them up are reselling them right. for hundreds and hundreds of oh, dollars. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it happens sometimes. Okay, so you got it in Sweden. When you got back to the mainland or, you know, in Hawaii, I mean, uh, they're not even on the shelves here, right? I, I think what happens is they'll, a, a, a store will announce that they have them, a line will form, mm. and <laughs> then they will all get sold out. So that's and just the nature with, with the hot top. The it is hot the hot toy of this year, okay. absolutely. Well, we, we will talk more, but we do need to take a very no, quick break. Okay. And certainly, if uh, you are on the fence about a tech gift for yourself or a special geek, you can give us a call at 941-3689 or toll-free from the neighbor islands at 877-941-3689. We'll continue our conversation with Brian Dote, Ricky Lee, and Eric Nakagawa after the break. This is Bite Marks Cafe. If you want to write, you can showcase your work on WordPress or a blog or a bunch of other places. What if you want to showcase your music, though? It seemed crazy to me that, you know, if you're a writer, you had all these things that let you create a site for free and very easily. But if your artistic output was music instead of words, you were completely out of luck. I'm Kai Rizdal, the CEO of Bandcamp and his music streaming model for the artist and the fan. That is next time on Marketplace. This evening at 6, right after Bite Marks Cafe. Hanukkah commemorates the rededication of the Old Temple in Jerusalem. It also honors the lighting of the menorah and its symbolic representation of the spiritual strength of the Jewish people. Hanukkah Lights is an annual holiday tradition that celebrates the stories of the season. I'm Susan Stamberg. And I'm Murray Horwitz. Please join us for an all-new Hanukkah Lights from NPR. This evening at 7, right after Counterspin. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Nohea Gallery and Straub Clinic and Hospital. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa, and we're talking to Ricky Lee, Brian Dote, and Eric Nakagawa about their favorite tech stocking stuffers this year. And, of course, you can give us a call if you have a favorite stocking stuffer that you want to share with us. The number is 941-3689 on Oahu or 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. 
And of course, right before the right before the break, we we're talking about these Hatchimals, and of course, we'll we'll continue talking about gifts you cannot get because <laughs> they're not available. And the one that I've been trying to figure out how to get a, get my hands on is the Snap Spectacle, and that is something that. I think is only available in certain kiosks in certain places that people you know have to line up for, and there's never been one in Hawaii. People are actually getting other people to buy it for them. Brian, I mean, do you have any inside scoops on these snap spectacles? All I know is I really wanted to get one as well. I understand that to purchase them, they have pop-up stores, and so the mm-hmm. pop-up stores appear. You don't know when and where, and then long line forms, and then they're gone, and right. so. I uh, wanted to know if anyone has tried them on yet or tried to exactly. see one in real life. Have you seen, seen one in real using life? them, but I've never oh. seen one You've in real life. You've seen actually somebody using them here. on Snapchat, but oh, yeah. not oh. in real Snapchat. life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I've seen, I, have a, I have a friend that has one. He's one of the – if I'm a, a geek in terms of devices, he's above me by several layers. Um, he had one early, and he put them on. He uses them uh, to walk his dog and a lot of different things. One thing that I found was that people have had to clean up their houses more. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> one friend said, oh, now that I'm wearing spectacles, like I have, I have to like hide or obscure things that I would normally crop out. Yeah. <laughs> which is a little bit of a concern. I mean, not just like a dirty house, but like say you got a, a piece of mail that shouldn't be right, you know, with viewed your home address. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So you got to be careful. Um, yeah. So, so those are $130 if you can get to the actual machine where it pops up. There's currently a store across from the Fifth Avenue Apple Store in New York. But it might be gone by the time I get there next month. Um, but uh, you can find them on eBay if you're willing to pay close to $100 on top of that list price. Uh, so I guess the only way that we can experience that is follow your Snapchat friends who have spectacles. And, and then just chase them down and steal them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while they're not looking at you. Right. Because right. <laughs> there could be evidence. Yeah. But it will disappear after 24 hours. Uh, Brian, what toy are you coveting for yourself, not for your little ones? For my, they're always for the little ones. Oh. What I'm really interested in getting is a PSVR. And uh, I, I say the PSVR, the virtual reality goggles for the PlayStation, um, because I think the the games that are available for it outclass the ones that are currently available for the other VR rigs. Um, you know, we play with the HTC Vive or the Oculus, and they're, they're both amazing. But the the VR, the PSVR doesn't require me to buy a PC because I don't have any PCs in the house. Right. Um, Mac household, right? Yes. So <laughs> I've got a bunch of MacBook Pros and an iMac, but I don't have a high-end PC with a good graphics card. So to buy a virtual reality headset would mean spending another couple of thousand dollars on the PC. Whereas we already have a, a PlayStation, and um, or you can get a PlayStation for much less than a PC. Actually, I'm glad to hear you say that. My son, my youngest, Alex, is very interested in VR, but he wants to go the PC route. And, of course, I'm not going to put a Windows machine in my house. (laughs) So I was thinking, what is the most affordable way to get there? You talked about the HTC Vive. You talked about the the, uh, Oculus. Mm -hmm, But those mm -hmm. are on their own as expensive as a PC, let alone Mm -hmm, what you need to mm -hmm. do. So what you're saying is the PlayStation uh, add-on, and you might have to get a PlayStation. That's probably the best way to go. Still cheaper. and I think the the catalog of libra- the library of games would be more robust early on. But the PSVR, from what I understand, the tracking is not as accurate as like the HTC Vive or the Oculus, where you can walk. You know, they have room scale, room right, scale, right. where you can walk around a, a fifteen by fifteen cube. Mm-hmm. And the hand trackers are not as good as the the new Oculus Touch controllers. Um, so there's there's trade offs. Well, what would but, a price be if you're going to get the PlayStation VR and maybe a PlayStation. The PlayStation itself is what two ninety nine. I think you can get the whole thing for eight hundred or so, mm-hmm. if, if I'm not mistaken. Versus just the PC Versus, for twelve hundred yeah, bucks. Yeah, <laughs> and you'd want you'd want a very robust high end Nvidia graphics or you know graphics card in that PC. So you're not you're not getting something off the shelf for eight hundred dollars. You're no. probably spending over a thousand on the, a good PC. 
So is it worth, you know, after you've played around with the uh, Oculus and, you know, some of the, the really, you know, sort of high-end VR, uh, is it even worth looking at some of, the, you know, the, the, the lower-end, like Google Daydream and stuff like that? I Samsung mean, is that, Gear. Is that, yeah, is that just a joke or what? I, I don't think it's a... I think it's makes content readily accessible. Okay. So, um, you know, in the classroom environment, it's hard to get 30 HTC Vibes mm-hmm. because you need a 15 by 15 room and the headsets are expensive and you need a dedicated PC. It is easy, on the other hand, to buy 30 used Samsung phones and 30 gear headsets right, and slap right. them together into a Pelican case and walk around and have yeah. 30 students use it all at the same time. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the, the challenge with uh, VR, at least for today, is it's a very solitary experience. It's me seeing this amazing content and being engaged in this environment and it's you looking over my shoulder seeing nothing right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so um one at a time is a very boring way (laughs) to experience certain things but the when you are able to walk in an environment and move in an environment and use your hands the level of engagement is is a hundred x i can see that and the samsung gear and the other the daydream is not that so it's not the same level of engagement. I got it. Okay. All right. Well, we know um, Ricky got the DJI, uh, which nobody else can get, so people keep, keep trying to buy them off them. Um, uh, Eric, have you purchased something for yourself uh, that techy or exciting from the that you would recommend for somebody? I mean, what we're talking about, for example, with the PlayStation VR is sort of the price-to-fun ratio. Yep. Anything come to mind? Well, I did buy a new TV. So I, I bought a TV back in 2008. I spent over $3,000 for a HD TV, and I bought the best one I could buy. This new TV I bought is even bigger than that TV, and it costs less than $400. It's a 4K TV. The brand is called TCL. means the creative life. Mm-hmm. Um, it has Roku built in, has all these great things, and it's the most beautiful TV I've ever seen in my life. And granted, like, I do look at TVs. I don't always go to like a Best Buy walk around, but I, I do get TV envy, you know, hanging out with my friends' houses. But this TV, I think, could tide me over well, hold for on. a so long time. Your, your old, exciting, best top-of-the-line TV was yes. how much? It was over $3,000. Okay, so now you have what, what sounds like a $400 television. Yes. That you, you like it better than your... I, I didn't think I would. Wow. But 4K, if you haven't experienced 4K and you're thinking about buying a TV, reconsider buying a 1080 and just consider all the doing the research and get a 4K. Not all of them are great. Some of them have really bad lag times. If you're playing video games, if you have a PlayStation 4 connected to some 4K TVs, the rate's not that great. Mm-hmm. So do your research and don't have to, you know, you don't want to go back and return a TV. But now's the time to do it. I think there's a lot of great deals. Did you do research on the one you bought? It was. It came from a word of mouth recommendation. And, oh. I, and my friend never posts about these things, but they were like, <laughs> I like this TV so much, I think you should hear Did about it. you have it. to buy it off a Chinese back website secret Well, TCL, TCL is pretty well known, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but, but it wasn't no, well known to me because I hadn't searched for it. Uh-huh. And then when a friend said it was good, and I, and I randomly stumbled upon it in a Costco, I ah. just said, I looked at my wife and I said, I gave the eye like, it's <laughs> hey, going babe, in hey, the babe. cart. <laughs> and it fit because it's so small. Like the TV I had before, it takes two people to move it. And this thing, oh, How I'm many so inches happy. is this, this one? This is, this is a 50-inch TV. 50. Mm-hmm. And I, it, the math in my head, I'm like, how did, how did my money be worth so much less now? I mean, it's just advancement and all this great things. But yeah. I love it. You should take a look at it. Compare as many as you can. But 4K, Wow. Is wow. that the one that comes with the Roku? Or? Yeah, that's the one that comes with the Roku. So you can connect it to like Amazon. You can do the Netflix. My family loves it. I'm so happy with this thing. Right. Now, now so Ricky, happy. Ricky, uh, do you have you played around with any like th- 360 cameras? I mean, I know you're always looking at the new As a sort photographer, of, yeah. yeah, yeah, new content gadgets that you could give a new sort of perspective on on the scenery that you're looking at. I am looking at the 
Nikon Mission 4K, I think that's what it's called. It's the 360 camera from Nikon. It's mm-hmm. got a really nice sensor. But since I can't afford that, I've played with the LG one that came free with my phone. That's pr- that's fun. And the Ricoh Theta mm-hmm. S. The Ricoh uh-huh. Theta. Yeah. Is that good? I mean, that's I know the first model was a little f- uh, kind of fuzzy for some people, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the new one, I guess, is pretty good. Uh, it's great at pictures. <laughs> what? Well, versus Brian, video. What? Versus you video. Have a, you have yeah. a uh, yeah, opinion use, about that? Um, I bought one for the kids, and I bought. A f- we have a few for the school as the well. Rico, the the Rico. Rico Theta, the Theta S, the newer one. Um, I I used to have connectivity issues with it, connecting it uh, Bluetooth to my phone, uh-huh. and so I would have trouble because you know as companies try to reduce the number of buttons on the device, when it doesn't work. I wish there was more buttons. Um, so I couldn't figure out how to pair, and, it, and when it paired, it wouldn't stay paired. But otherwise, it's pretty good. The oh, yeah. quality is not the greatest yeah. in terms of um, resolution and, and video quality. But it's but about 300 bucks it's, to it's do. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. There is a hidden cost that I didn't know about. Um, you need to pay for manicures because your finger is in the picture right <laughs> under the lens, and everybody will say, you need to cut your nails. <laughs> That's good to know. That's true, yeah. And if you got dirt under your nails, that's even worse. Well, uh, as usual, our time runs short. What? But I know one question that always comes up, and it came up in my office today, was, all right, co-workers had a flip phone. She has held on to it with great passion. But she is now beginning to think maybe it's time to go smartphone. So she's in this internal debate between an iPhone, which, you know, certainly is a solid choice. But, you know, her husband likes Android. Is there an Android phone today that... Uh, excites you, um, Ricky? I know you use an Android. I mean, what would you recommend to a, a brand new to smartphones Android phone? Exploding Samsung. No, no, no oh, okay. not that one. <laughs> Actually, I just picked up a phone for my dad, a Moto 4G or G4. It was only ninety nine bucks. It comes with sixteen gigs of RAM and it's a quad core processor. So, I recommend that. Yeah, price per power. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, what do you? Okay, what what no, do you, Eric? I okay. So I am a Apple convert. Everything in my house is Apple, but I do have a game computer that used to mine coins. We talked about that before. <laughs> um, and I really want the Google Pixel. I That's really want that. But I don't know how to get one. I think there's there's like a long line, like a lot of things that are really popular. Really? I um, thought you but, could go to like you, a Verizon oh, store and pick one up. Oh, I, that's the one I want. I want. I, I think – that's the phone that a lot of folks, you know, who are a little bit concerned about where things are going with, you know, Apple and their yeah. future, they're considering that one, or they've already switched. And, and why would that be? Why would that? Why would they consider that? Is it because it's uh, it's like native Android? I mean, so, well, I have the iPhone Seven, well, the giant mm-hmm. Seven Plus, mm-hmm. and I got it because I take a lot of pictures of mm-hmm. my family, like talking about kids. I have a bunch. I like to take a picture of them, and the Google Pixel can do something similar. And so when I found out about that, I was like, oh. I thought my phone was really special. And so the quality is very similar to a, uh, what the iPhone 7 Plus can do, which is this bokeh effect, which takes two photos and super, you know, mm-hmm. composes them together. So you get like a very sharp front, front image with a blurred background. It looks great if you take pictures of food. I take a lot of pictures of food. And it looks great if you take pictures of things just in general. Yeah. Um, and the Google Pixel can do that too. Bert and I got mm-hmm. to play with one for a couple of weeks thanks mm-hmm. to Verizon. And I, it, 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 it's so much like an iPhone that it fits it, in, in my iPhone case. <laughs> you couldn't even tell that it was an Android phone until I turned it on. But it is, in fact, now in my mind, the best Android phone you can get. Well, and when you talk about Google, it's because they control the operating system too. So whenever there's a security update, you get it instantly. Whereas 
because right now, if you use any other Android phone, you're going to wait three or four months for them to approve. What about that the uh, Google Assistant part? Do you, how, how do you like that? The the artificial intelligence, sort of a chatbot you can talk to. I think it's still kind of more of a gimmick than actually mm-hmm. something that's useful. Before we run out of time, uh-huh. I did want to talk about my, uh, one of my gadgets. I don't know if you have one. I oh, wanted automatic. to talk about automatic. Uh. So I got this for myself, and I like it so much I got one for my mom. I hope you're not listening, mom. So automatic <laughs> is a a gadget you plug into your car. Any car built after like 2004, which is most cars, but not every car. But it uses the same slot that your mechanic would secretly use to tell you what's wrong with your car. But you plug it into it and leave it there, and it automatically tracks all of your trips, everywhere you go, GPS path. It can tell you if you've been in an accident. It can immediately call certain people you designate because your airbag's deployed. If the check engine light comes on, it tells you what it means rather than just blinky, blinky, blinky. It tells you what the problem is. Mm -hmm. And so what I want is, you know, my mom's getting older and I know she drives even though I would rather she not. But at least now I will know every time she gets in that car. So I think that just for safety, it's something I'm very excited about. And I about. think, uh, well, today they have like a, still a little discount that you could That's right. It's normally like 140 and now it's 109 But it's okay. called Automatic. And we should mention that our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich's son, actually works on the team that developed it. So that makes it even cooler. Well, yeah. So that's a pretty cool, cool it, gadget. So I have one. Uh-huh. And if you accelerate too fast, it beeps. And so it, I've caught myself like, oh, I should slow down. So these little things actually do change your yeah, It tries to make you into a safer driver. Yes, and then you, you also start – it calculates gas, so you will take uh, more efficient routes. Right. So uh, every time I take a trip and I park at work, it says that was $1.12. I was like, oh. <laughs> what about what about tracker? I mean, uh, you know, you you turn me on the tracker too. Do any any of you guys have a tracker? Any of these Bluetooth device things that uh, you can stick on your remote control? And oh, I used to keys? have the, like a tile. Yeah, like yeah, a tile. Yeah, like a tile. Okay, when tile first came out, I bought a whole bunch of them, thinking it'd be the greatest thing ever, and then I realized that it doesn't have GPS built in. The old the old ones, at least. I'm not sure no, about they tracker. Still don't. So without GPS, it only knows its last known location when it was in proximity to your phone. phone right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is helpful and not helpful, and right. so I stopped using them. And they they were a little bit too obnoxious at the time. I'm not sure if oh, they kind got, of they're kind of big. They were pretty Sizing, big. Yeah, they're pretty yeah, sizable. Yeah. Any any last uh, comments on uh, gadgets that you would want to recommend, Ricky? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy GoPro. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I would say if you can get one, one thing that I really want, I don't know if my family's going to get this for me. I might have to get it later, is an NES Classic. Oh, it's a video game system. Yeah. Everybody may already know. But if you have patience, maybe it's a ni- nice to write a little note. Like, we'll get it after, you know, they release more of these I things. promise you an NES Classic later. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. I think I like that it. works sometimes. <laughs> well, of course, Eric Nakagawa, Ricky Lee, Brian Dote, Great guys, great gadget geeks. We want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And we want to thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. And, of course, happy winter to everybody. Uh, we want to have you join us next week when we talk about the Asian tech scene and opportunities that it presents to Hawaii startups. And, of course, if you missed any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Kozlovich. And, of course, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, and we want you to stay tuned for some exciting developments at HPR to come in 2017. Wow. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. You're only two, I've no wish to worry you. Surprise.